When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost. Welcome to the Road Beyond Recovery podcast, and my name is Tamar, your host. Have you ever felt like you were meant for more? Well, I help people discover their purpose so they can follow their passion and realize what they are truly capable of. My mission is to empower people in recovery to embrace their authentic selves, live up to their true potential, and answer the question, what lies beyond recovery for you? Hey, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast, where I get to help those in recovery master their mind so they can overcome their limiting beliefs and create a life so good for themselves that they never want to go back to their old way of living. And this week, as you know, yesterday we kicked it off with Bowdoin from Touched by Addiction. Today we're going to be talking to Carmine, and Carmine's going to share his story, how he got clean and sober, also what inspired him to be a part of this movement, and how you can support the cause. Again, love connecting with these guys. I love what they stand for. So if you know someone who needs to get into treatment and would like to help sponsor them, please reach out to these guys. You can also buy some of their apparel. That's a way that you can help raise money to get people into treatment. You can reach out at www.touchedbyaddiction.com and let's get into Carmine's story. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited. We're chatting with one of the team members by Touched by Addiction, and we're here with Carmine. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Every day is a blessing, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm so excited to dig into your story. And like I said earlier, I love what you guys do. I think it's amazing. I mean, helping people get the help they need when they can't afford it, because it's definitely right. It's there's a crisis right now happening. So. I always love to start off, you know, what it was like growing up because, you know, you and I talked before about, you know, people have different stories, right? We talked to Bowdoin and, you know, his story is, you know, different from mine, but we all have that thing in common. So for you, what was life like growing up for you and, and what led to, you know, when you started to drink or use? Um, I had a great life growing up. Like uh, I came from a good family. My parents are both Italian immigrants, hard workers. Um, you know, they, they came here very young with, uh, you know, a dream in mind. And, uh, you know, they instilled that in, in me to be a hard worker, to, to, to respect others and, uh, you know, to, to be a good person. Uh, you know, and there was a couple of things when I was younger that happened that, uh, you know, and looking back now were probably traumatic and, you know, that I kind of just buried and, uh, you know, and like, uh, you know, it, it hits you later on in life. But, uh, you know, we weren't rich, but we weren't poor. I lived in a good, good house. I had family all around that loved me, my grandparents and aunts and uncles and my parents and sister. And, uh, yeah, I was just, uh, I played football and hockey. I went to university and, uh, you know, everything was, was going well. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't realize it, but, uh, I just have a, a, a now I, an addictive personality when it comes to certain things. When I was a kid, it was it was eating and candy and, and TV sometimes, and you know, and uh, and getting older, it was uh, women and, and and food still, and you know, and it just uh, it just co- kind of compounded, you know. And uh, whenever I did something, I would take it to the extreme kind of thing, you know, with uh, with a lot of the things I would do. 
So, uh, you know, that was like kind of a precursor, I guess, looking back now. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I, yeah, sure, there's a lot of regrets, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, blessed that I came from the family I did. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, and I'm, I'm lucky that they have supported me through everything I've put them through, you know, and uh, they're still by my side. And, you know, I, my sister, I'm the godfather to her son. And, you know, it's very the Italians. That's a big, big deal, you know. So uh, it's just, uh, yeah. But uh, I did have a good life growing up and, uh, you know. And it led to led to to you know later on in life certain things that happened that led to my addiction. Mm-hmm. So, and I think you know you nailed it there. Addiction runs runs deep. I mean, with food, that's still one. When I'm emotional or you know I'm tired, my needs aren't being met. That's the first thing I turn to, right? Because I've given up everything else, right? I gave up even the smoking and all that stuff. And it's been like layer by layer that I'm peeling off all these addictions, but it does run deep. And I think that's why a lot of people probably don't get help because when they think about addiction, they think drugs, alcohol, right? They don't look at everything else. It's like, I think all of us use something to self-soothe and not to deal with our emotions. So in your journey, you know, after you started drinking, how did your addiction progress? And when did you hit that moment when you realized, oh, I have to change. Like I need to, I need to get clean and sober. Well, like for me, like I started using, you know, pot when I was like 13 and then, uh, and, you know, looking back, you know, I was, you know, looking back, it, it was a gateway drug for me, you know, it did lead to other things, you know, maybe not right away, but, uh, it led me down a certain path. And, you know, that, that's one thing I would caution to anybody that's listening now. Um, but I had two really bad stints in my life with addiction. Um, and each one, you know, kind of progressed over a few years and then a couple years of, of, you know, rebuilding your life and stuff. So, uh, the first one, when I was, uh, 27, I had, uh, I had been doing a lot of cocaine and then I was dating a girl and, she introduced me to smoke and crack. And uh, so that got pretty bad then. And then, and, you know, this was like back in the mid 2000s. So like Oxycontin was just everywhere. Doctors were giving them to anybody and their mother. And, uh, you know, so I was doing those. And then uh, but I got to a point where I needed help. And I, and I went to rehab, went to rehab one time and it stuck and I was good for, you know, a few, few, four years. And then, uh, and the second one uh, was really bad. I went to rehab. I went to Teen Challenge. Um, it's called Teen Challenge, but it's uh, it's for anybody. It was started for teens in New York City. But uh, and you know, it's a faith-based rehab. You know, I know that's not for everybody, but it was. Uh, it it did a lot for me. You know what I mean? It really did. Uh, you know, and uh, so I'm just blessed for that. But uh, 39 was a was a, a pivotal year for me. You know. Uh, a year or two before that, I had a death in the family, um, you know, and uh, I took it really hard. It was uh, my grandfather, you know, and he was old and he had a, he had lived a blessed life, but uh, he was like my best friend. And, uh, you know, the man that he was and where I was at in life then, and I just wasn't satisfied. And, and I turned to, and it was like a slow drip. Like I turned to alcohol first and then that led to smoking pot again. And then that led to to the cocaine and then uh you know by the end of it i was full-blown like i was smoking crack i had uh overdosed on fentanyl five times and uh you know like a couple of them were really bad the first one um thankfully i 
the two people that I was with that were at my apartment called 911 before they ripped me off. You know what I mean? And, uh, and left with everything, you know, pretty much anything I had that was valuable. And thankfully, you know, they did that. And then, you know, another time, uh, my, you know, uh, my father found me lifeless on the bathroom floor. He had to give me CPR. It was very traumatic for him too. You know what I mean? So, uh, and then, uh, the last time was, was one of the worst. I spent uh, two weeks in the hospital with pneumonia and, um, you know, I was fighting for my life then. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I let that, those five overdoses just, you know, it, it had come like, the a nurse said to me in the hospital, like who had seen me there before, she's like, "How many times are you gonna do this and get away with it, man?" You know what I mean? And that really stuck with me, and uh, you know that really hit home. And I and it, it had become life or death. So, um, you know, I reached out to a, a a couple friends who had gone to Teen Challenge, and their lives were changed. You know what I mean? They they were they were like this one friend was one of the worst and he was living a normal life he was married he had a house he was he was doing well and uh you know and, and that's something that i wanted you know and so uh so i entered teen challenge in october of 2019 and uh you know it was everything was going great like uh it was tough like you know um but uh it was you, you make the best of it you know what i mean because uh you have to be at that point where you want the help like uh mm -hmm. You can go to rehab where you're, you know, for your parents or your girlfriend or your, you know, to get your kids back. But like, unless you want it, you know, it's just, but like, I still say go because something's going to stick, but like, you know, eventually you'll get to that point where you'll, you'll hit your rock bottom, like they say. Right. So yeah, it was just, uh, you know, it was, it was time for me. So, yeah. Absolutely. And and I always tell people that too, because I have a lot of family members that will reach out and say, how can I get my loved one to stop? And you can't, you can just be there for them and supportive without enabling, right? Until they're ready to make that change. Because I had many people, you know, cry and why aren't, you know, why are you doing this to yourself? And I'd always, I'm sorry, it's going to be different tomorrow, right? And it never was until I finally, and I, I um, interviewed somebody recently that talked about, you know, their, their physical rock bottom, which I've hit many throughout my addiction. But then when I finally hit that spiritual rock bottom, which is like, I had nothing left to give. I was tired of hurting the people I loved. And finally, I met the right person at the right time. You know, I started the journey into recovery. And for me, that's when the light bulb really went on. And I thought, wow, you know, maybe I, 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 you know, I'm sure I didn't go through 22 years of addiction to do nothing with it. Right. And I started building that foundation. So what did that look like for you early recovery? What, and what would you say the key to you staying clean and sober is? It was tough when I first got there, but, um, but I saw guys in there who were further along in the program with than me, like Bodan, like Adam, like Ryan. And, uh, you know, they were like so encouraging and just so understanding and just like, um, you know, I had been to other rehabs where, where there, you know, it was almost like jail kind of like, you know, like you had to stand your ground, stuff like that type of deal. But here it was just like, wow, these guys have really been through what I've been through. And, you know, so I, I leaned on them then and I lean them on them now because uh, it's a journey, you know what I mean? And it's, uh, 
it's not easy. Like there are times that, you know, I can, I'm sure we'll get into that, but like, uh, you know, it's just, uh, there are times when you're at a low point and you, you know, you're, you know, you're able to catch it now. You can see it happening before it happens. You know where you're going to go with this. So little things like that. But uh, early on, it was tough. I was lucky I was at Team Challenge. Um, I actually got really sick at Team Challenge when COVID hit. I had COVID and I was was in a hospital for 22 days and on a ventilator and in a coma. It was crazy. But uh, coming out of there, is is when uh you know uh Bodan and Adam and, and uh Olya and they had all started uh touch by addiction and uh so that that's when I wanted to get involved that's kind of you know where uh how I got started with them uh and I just like again I love what you guys do so do you think because you know one of the areas that I really like to focus on is that kind of relapse prevention now it's never guaranteed but to really take people that have gone through treatment or in some sort of 12-step program, they've built that foundation, you know, they have that that spiritual uh, part of their life as well, no matter what that looks like for them. They've got that fellowship, no matter what that looks like for them. But I find that, you know, even in my fifth and sixth year of sobriety, I got complacent. You know, I thought, now what? Like, what do I do? Because I didn't you know, I think that it's awesome that Bowdoin, you know, came up with this in treatment and then you guys had all met and joined this together. Do you find that being a part of Touched by Addiction has really helped kind of take your recovery to another level? 100%. Like uh, just um, reaching out to people or, or uh, speaking with people who reach out through the website and, you know, who are who are struggling or having family members struggling that um helps me so much and like uh my journey of recovery has not been uh like anyone others because like uh after covid you know what i mean i was really sick for about a year so like uh but uh, you, you know uh situations came where i wanted to use and but uh, you know i i would lean on uh, my my friends to help me out but uh i find that um there's uh, like you know a few things in recovery uh, like that that you, you that I need to do maybe not everybody some people can just stop and not but like uh number one you can't surround yourself with the people that you used to hang out with like if you know if you and your buddy were best friends like you grew up together but he still used you can't put yourself in that situation you just can't it's, you're doomed to fail and uh you know I, I've seen that happen with other friends from team challenge that you know what I mean I kind of called what was going to happen to them before it happened like, like, you know, they kind of told me that w- what had ha- that they had used. And I said, well, bro, this is kind of where you're going to end up going. And, you know, and, and unfortunately what I predicted came true. So when I say, uh, you, you know, um, people that you used to hang out with can't stay with them. Second, I say uh, you have to stay active, like um, whether it's going to meetings, whether it's, uh, you know, food drives or just uh, h- helping others, just, uh, you know, talking to somebody who else who's also in recovery just little things like that. You have to stay active. And uh, f- for me, a support group, number three would be a support group. It's just having those, like those, those three, four guys you can call when you're hurting and you know that they're, you know, where they're at and you know what, what they're going to kind of help you get along with it. Uh, you know, if, if you get what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> 
I think you're on mute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. You know, fellowship is important, right? Absolutely. I mean, I remember about six months into, you know, early sobriety, I went to Europe. Uh, my family's from Holland and they drink, right? Alcoholism runs in our family. And, you know, just being at first, it was really awkward because all of them knew that I had quit drinking. And so they just kind of sat there. They didn't, you know, they had their alcohol, but they were afraid to bring it out because they didn't want to trigger me. And it was just, it's interesting to watch the dynamic unfold, right? Because the conversation isn't what it normally was, right? It's not, you know, to put it, you know, it was a shit show every time we got together. I love my family, right? They're, they're amazing people. And, and a lot has changed since then, but it was so awkward. And I just thought, wow. And I finally said, guys, please drink. I'm just going to hang out until I can't hang out anymore. I'm just going to go upstairs. But I actually went to a meeting and in Holland, which was very, very cool. And to be able to walk into a room, and this is why I always encourage people like go to meetings, build your fellowship, whatever that looks like for you. You have no excuse anymore because there's online apps that do all the same stuff. But I walked into that room with a whole bunch of strangers. I got the same hugs. I got the same warm greeting. I, you know, I was really white knuckling it during that trip. And all of them are like, here's a number for when you're staying here. And it was just like, you instantly build this bond and this connection with people. And I think it's incredible. Like I never had that when I was using, right. When I thought I was one of those normal people living in society, even though I wasn't, and my life was, you know, not good. But now anybody who decides to really take this recovery thing and embrace it, you have people at all times of the day to call, to lean on that can say, Hey, I know what you're going through. I, I, you know, I'm going through it too. Um, so yeah, fellowship is so powerful. And you mentioned something before about that self-awareness and, you know, it's interesting because, you know, almost a decade later, I'm now working on codependency, which apparently I'm incredibly codependent. I had no idea because I continue to peel this, these layers off. So can you talk about kind of your own self-awareness? Cause I think when we do become open-minded and willing to change, we start to realize a lot about ourselves. Absolutely. Like, uh, I just been like these, even these last few weeks have been a journey for me, like for as far as like, uh, underlying issues that I didn't really know that I, you know, had used addiction to mask really, but uh, if, if I could say anything to that, like that I've learned is that, and I've used this analogy before, but uh, like sobriety is like, it's like a delicate flower that you have to hold in your hand and protect it. You know what I mean? Because it's so fragile. And, you know, I've seen uh, like a, a buddies that were 10 years clean and just, you know, fall off. Like it's just, and you have to respect your addiction. You, you have to show your addiction the respect it deserves because it owned you. You know what I mean? And if you don't remember that, you're going to lose, you're going to lose that, that sense of urgency. Uh, so basically, you know, I've just learned that you have to take the good with the bad. There are going to be situations when you don't really know how to deal with it. And that's when you got to look for help and you got to know, you got to be bold enough to look for that help and just say, Hey, you know what I mean? Uh, because before I would just go and grab and you know what I mean? Just like, and, and put it to bed that way. But like, there are certain issues, you know what I mean? And, it, and, and I still count 
by the month of my sobriety. Like I'm at 27, you know what I mean? Because it's so, I'm, you know, it's just like, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm thankful for every day that I've been sober and, uh, you know, it, I just, uh, it just, like I said, yeah, I re respect my addiction because like there were times in the past 27 months that I was like, well, there was one time I was on my way to go get fentanyl. That's how bad, like I was just in a bad state and I just stopped and I thought about my nephew and I thought about my niece and I started crying and I, and I turned around and I, and, I, and you know, I made a couple, couple phone calls and, uh, you know, thank God, like, or I, I don't think I'd be here talking to you right now. You know, it's just, uh, it's just that serious. Like it's, it's crazy. It is. It's always there. And, you know, even I don't, you know, I can't even remember the last time I thought that drinking was a good idea, but I'm well aware that it's just right around the corner. And if I don't continue to do those foundational things that I did in early recovery, that could slip away. And also if, you know, my life has become amazing. Like I could, if you would have told me, you know, nine years ago that I would be doing this today, I would have probably laughed at you and thought, well, you're insane. Like there's no way that that's going to happen. And there can be a point where your life gets so good too, that if you don't have that foundation that you're, you could slip back. Right. And it, all it takes is me thinking, Hey, maybe this time will be different. And then it sneaks right back up. And, you know, you talked about low points, which I'm, I'm grateful you did because just because you have a really solid recovery does not mean that every day is going to be a good day. In fact, I think I have dealt with more in my recovery hardship and times where I was like, you know, there's been times where, you know, I've suffered from um, depression in the past where I'm like, I don't know if I want to be here anymore. Like, I love my life, but this is, you know, you just feel really low. And I always tell people it's okay to not be okay because that's part of recovery, but to be able to reach out because I think as a society, we're raised with suck it up mentality and, you know, man up kind of thing all the time. But that's, it's like, no, we're just suppressing everything, right? So um, I think for myself, and you can tell me, you know, what you think, but I know that now anytime I go through one of those dark times and low moments, and, you know, I have lately, um, I can always see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Before it used to be just darkness and there was no hope. There was no, I'm going to get out of this. Now, at least I'm like, okay, hey, well, this really sucks but I can still see that light. Is it similar for you now? Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, it, it does get easier as you get more time under your belt, like a hundred percent, you know what I mean? But, uh, and, uh, one thing I've learned is it's never as bad as it seems. It's like, you know what I mean? It seems horrible right now, but it, it'll, it's going to be better like next in a couple days in a few days. So don't, don't do anything rash, like, you know, where you're going to, uh, you just say you screw it, you know, something like that. And just, but, uh, it does get better. That's for sure. Like, and then I'm, I'm living, we are living proof of this, you know, it's just, uh, it's crazy. Um, how, how far you can go, you can come if you really want it. Yeah. It's so cool. So do you believe, um, you know, I know that my experience, I look back and there's times where I can see the missed opportunities, the stuff that I gave up to go into this life of addiction, but now that I'm doing what I do today and the fact that, you know, you guys do what you do today has, you know, do you believe that you've discovered your purpose as a result of what you've been through? People always tell me God saved you for a reason from all the overdoses from COVID, you know what I mean? Uh, so, so I, I truly believe it's to, to, to share my story and, you know, and, and, and to make sure that, uh, that, that, 
that I can that I feel like it's to make sure my one thing I pray for is that my nephew never has to go through what I went through. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make sure that he doesn't, you know, so that so little things like that. And there are little times even now that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll drop a little knowledge on somebody like uh, I, have, I have a little cousin. She's 13 and she got caught vaping. So, you know, I just kind of pulled her aside this summer at the pool and I just said, you know, here's what here's what happened to me. Just kind of, you know, filled her in. And I said, you know, there's a time place for everything just uh you know maybe wait till you're in college or something <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i love that so you know i know for myself i've built up a routine right because it's something that i have to stick to i believe they're important especially for you know people like us do you have kind of routine like the things that you really make sure you do every day to stay clean and sober absolutely um like one thing for me was, uh, is, was getting healthy. Like, uh, you know, I, when I was, uh, when I got out of the hospital from COVID and, and I had gained a ton of weight, I was, uh, my, I, the reason I got so sick with, from COVID is I had developed diabetes and they said probably that had come from all the, the drug use and stuff, you know what I mean? And, uh, and not eating well and everything. So, uh, so that's why I got so sick. So, but when I first got out of the hospital, I got really big. I was, I got up to like 380 pounds, but, uh, since then I've lost uh, 60 pounds and, uh, I walk an hour every day and like the, just getting that exercise is, uh, is huge for me. Like, cause even sometimes in the morning I'll find myself getting into my head and, uh, I say, okay, now it's time to go for a walk. Just I put some music on and I just hit the road and, and you know, it's, it's not a hard walk. It's all sidewalk and everything, but it's good to get active. And uh, so that, that helps. And like uh, touch by addiction, we have a meeting on zoom every Thursday night. Anybody's welcome to attend. And uh, we've really built a community there of uh, you know, there's about 10, 15 of us that, that tend to go every week. And uh, it's just, uh, they're great people. They, they, you know, they, I had a job interview and I had mentioned it in the meeting. And then that day of the interview, a few of them messaged me to say, Hey, good luck with the interview. And you know what I mean? That means a lot. Somebody's thinking about you, you know, so little things like that. And uh, so I look forward to that meeting every Thursday night. I look forward to, to our, our like uh, leadership meeting for touch by addiction on Saturdays where we get together and talk and talk about touch by addiction and talk about ourselves. So just little things like that, that I, that, that keep me active and talking to people through the website all that stuff plays a factor. Uh, absolutely. So what can we do to support you guys? Like, what is it that, you know, um, if somebody's listening right now and they're like, Hey, how can we get involved? How can we support you? Where can we find you guys? Uh, well, like we always ask for prayers, you know what I mean? Pray for us, pray for the people we're trying to help. That's uh, first and foremost. Uh, secondly, you know, the, um, Hey man, buy a shirt for somebody for Christmas or, you know, anything uh, for a birthday. And uh, you can, you know, there's a, you know, there's a purpose behind that. And uh, you know, so you can hit us up on our website at touchbyaddiction.com or uh, we have a, an Instagram account, touch by addiction and a Facebook group. Um, so uh, you know, and, uh, and also if, if you're struggling out there, reach out through the website, we'll help you with resources to uh to that you can call if you're in crisis or if you're looking for help and uh you know we can kind of direct you on the path because we've been through it and uh you know if anybody's uh, again if we're open for the thursday night meeting if anybody felt compelled to attend you are the door's always open and it's a great meeting it really is awesome we'll definitely be putting some links on there 
uh, so everybody can find you guys. And thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. I appreciate it. Again, I love what you guys do. I can't wait to, you know, continue to support you guys in the future. And thank you so much, Carmine, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I just feel so incredibly fortunate to be able to have these guys on the show because, as I said, I love what they do. And this can be a tough time of year. I mean, those of us who are still suffering are out there. It's not easy. Even those of us in recovery. Uh, this time of year, I remember my first couple of years of recovery were not easy getting into the holiday season because it didn't bring up good memories or feelings. But if you have a loved one that is suffering and that is still out there, make sure you reach out to these guys. Uh, let them help you get your loved one into treatment. And if you know someone who needs to get into treatment and you would like to help sponsor them, please reach out. You can head on over to their website at www.touchedbyaddiction.com. And the simplest way you can support these guys is go onto the website and buy one of their amazing hoodies or t-shirts and hats. Anyways, guys, tomorrow we are going to chat with Adam from Touched by Addiction, and I can't wait for you to hear his story. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Road Beyond Recovery. Did you know that our dreams can become a reality? When you determine your purpose in life and you allow that purpose to guide you, anything is possible. It just takes action. Don't wait until you're ready. Start to create the life you were truly meant to live right now. I am super passionate about my mission to help people live up to their true potential. So if you want to learn more, check out my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And until next week, keep exploring what lies beyond recovery for you.